when we're driven to do things, especially as entrepreneurs, it's really hard to carve out because it's so important to us and because we love it and because it's satisfying, it's hard to carve out the time to really do what we need to do. But taking the time to do that is it's imperative. It's the most important thing um, for living a life aligned with our own values. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 629. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton. And today I have a fabulous guest on. And I just had to tell you listeners that the first time we tried to record this, it actually just became a whole hour long pre-chat. And we're like, this was such a fabulous chat. Let's just reschedule. So that's, we're here. We could have had another. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, I know we could have had another hour of just chatting again. And then thankfully, well, let me just introduce our guest, Samantha Brody. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. The, I mean, chatting with you is always so awesome. If, By the way, listeners, if this is your first time listening to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Samantha threw me like a curveball right before I pushed record. She's like, <laughs> you lead, I'll just run with it. And I didn't even know how to respond because every single conversation of the Positive Productivity Podcast is we go where we go. And I know that where we go is where somebody needs us to go. So when she said you lead, I'm like, what is that? Here on this podcast, I don't even know what that's like because I just love the organicness of conversations. Well, I think ultimately sometimes at the the organic, you know, when someone is, you know, for me with the podcast, I'm in your home, you know, I'm a visitor, I'm visiting your, your, your community. And I think that there's a place where you know what your community needs. And of course, we go where it goes. And that always happens. But it's like, I'm, I'm here to serve your community. Like, that's why I do this. I'm here to be able to offer whatever I can offer to whoever is there. And so for me, that's about kind of playing, you know, I'm playing in your, I'm in your playground. (laughs) Oh, I love that way. So next time, I future guests say, I'm here to play in your playground. Because when you tell me, go lead or something like that, you know, okay, I don't mean to pick on you. Fair it's enough. Just, no, I can take it. I'm th- I'm from the East Coast. I can take it. <laughs> that Yes. I'm just such a kid, though. I'm a 40-year-old kid. Yeah, playing is super important. That's uh-huh. for sure. Yeah. So with all of that, would you mind sharing who you are, what you do, and all yeah. your, a little bit of your awesomeness, and we'll dive into yeah. the rest? Absolutely. I am a naturopathic physician and acupuncturist. I practice in Portland, Oregon, I'm heading into my 24th year of practice this year. And in the state of Oregon, my scope of practice is I, I'm actually licensed as a primary care doctor. I can diagnose and prescribe um, most medications and send people to specialists and do annual exams, just like regular doctors. But I specialize in complementary medicine. So I have extensive training in nutrition and lifestyle counseling and um, herbs and supplements and just generally helping people find a place where they can approach their health from as holistic a place as is possible based on what their values are. So that's kind of where I sit in my practice. I also have an online uh, business where I do the same or very similar thing. I can't 
quote unquote diagnose or treat online, but I have clients I work with all over the world to help them figure out what they need for their health and their lives to make sure that their choices line up with their values and they feel the way they want to feel and they're prevent, you know, they're making their best choices for their future health. So I have those two businesses and I am an author of the book, Overcoming Overwhelm, Dismantle Your Stress from the Inside Out. And that was published earlier this year by Sounds True. And it is a book about finding you know, finding your own personal path to better health and peace of mind and just the life that you want to live. And that's kind of where – and I'm a mom of a kid who just turned 13 two days ago, a son, and um, wife of an architect. And I live in a little bungalow in Portland, Oregon. So that's that's my personal and professional bio. Oh, I love it all. By the way, congratulations for making it to 13. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I have one who's turning 17 next week and another one who will be 14 next month. But that's that's not where I would say congratulations in my case. My husband is taking the two boys to a hot festival, a hot sauce festival this weekend. Oh, that's so fun. I would love to do that. It I I would love to too and but I'm gonna stay home and what are you gonna do the littles oh the and, littles and they'll bring, yeah they'll bring hot sauce home because this the store that it's at and I know this is a complete tangent the store that it's at is Southwest Ohio Southwest Ohio's equivalent to Whole Foods so it's it's not world market but it's it's a worldly market stuff from all over right i do not dare take the littles in there because they they'll decide that this store is a perfect location to find a bouncy ball that we didn't realize they had stuck in their pocket and start bouncing it around and all of a sudden mom and dad buy all the hot sauce and that's not me (laughs) thinking pessimistically people this is just real you know what? It's you know, meeting your kids where they are is really important. Mm-hmm. So but, it's not worth you know. There's some battles worth fighting. That's not one. <laughs> do you want to know what I'm even more scared by though? No. What? Yes, I do. <laughs> so these, the bigs is what I'll call them, the the husband and the two teenage boys will be down there all day eating hot sauce, and for right now, the seven of us share one bathroom. <laughs> Like, okay, by next year, when it's, when I can't even remember the name of the the shop, Jungle Gyms, I think it's called. It's outside of Cincinnati for you locals. By next year, when Jungle Gyms has their hot, or their weekend of fire, that's literally what they call it, quite appropriate, yeah? Um, I need to have my own bathroom. I think that's an excellent goal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we don't need that. But I... I have to say, I mean, we were going to talk two weeks ago, maybe a month ago, somewhere in between. And I have to tell you that I think it's so timely, as is always the case when when things don't work out quite as we plan. Because just in the past couple of weeks, I've been in a little bit of a state of overwhelm. And I know mm. that a lot of listeners probably understand like the state that I've been in. But even more so, I, I want to share with you that tomorrow morning, I'm so excited. I'm going to see my PCP. And I'm excited about it because I've only seen him once. And the first time I ever went to see him, he sat down and he said, tell me about yourself. Mm, love. And I looked at him and I was totally confused. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? 
he's like, oh, I, I like to get to know my, my patients. And I have to tell you that this is at a big university system. It's not, he's not a, what's the proper way to say it? A holistic? Right. Yeah. An integrative doctor. Yeah. yeah. He's not. Well, maybe he is, but that in this big type of university, or I will even call it corporate structure, I expected him to be in, out, you know, 15 minutes. That's what you got. What do you need? Right. I think sometimes at the universities, they, if they're minded like that, I mean, I think there's a lot of burnout with physicians. So if they've been in practice for a while, sometimes they just can't, you know, and I have had doctors that do that. I remember I once had a gynecologist, he kept me waiting for three hours and he came in and I was ready to be annoyed. And he sat down and put his hand on his knee on my knee. And he said, what can I do for you? And I was like, Oh, that's why he's late because he's been spending time like that with everyone. Wow. He really connected with me and I'm like, yeah, all right. So I'm willing to wait a couple hours for that doctor anytime. But I think that, you know, there are some kinds of practices where those short visits are really built into the paradigm and they're not allowed to spend more time with you, which I think for many of them is frustrating. And then for others, they're given the kind of birth or leeway to be able to really offer the care that they want to care, give, which is amazing. Um, you know, what I will often do here is I like my, I, I'm licensed as a primary care doctor, but I don't actually do primary care because I don't want a two o'clock in the morning phone call on Friday. We can't check people into hospitals or follow people through the hospital system. So I usually ask them also to have a doctor, um, an additional like regular Western PCP. And I will often refer to doctors who are like that, that you're like your PCP who has this great ability to connect with people even if they don't have, uh, if they don't know anything about supplements or nutrition, which they often don't because they're not trained, and, but I have them work with that kind of doctor so we can work together as a team. And that's actually one of the things I talk about in the book is, you know, how do you vet your doctors based on your own values? And what do you put up with, right? Do you put up with a doctor seeing you, you know, walking in and walking out? No, you don't. I mean, you can, but it's not, you know, if that's not in alignment with your own values, there's always ways around trying to figure out, okay, well, how can I find someone who actually reflects my my values, even though you may not be able to find someone if you're more interested in, you know, holistic medicine, but you can always find someone like me who does that kind of integrative collaborative care. I know for listeners who this is their first episode and, you know, they, they found it in the entrepreneurship category in, in Apple podcasts might be curious, why are we talking about this? But <laughs> I just want to give a little two cents on that. In 2008, January 2nd, 2008, I was admitted to the mental hospital. I was trying very unsuccessfully to build a business at night. I mean, I was starting on that work as soon as my kids went to bed. Okay, that's a lie. I was starting on that work as soon as I got home, giving my kids some half a attention. You can put the word in there. I'm trying to respect kids who are, who may be listening with parents and then working on the business until 3, 4 a.m., going to bed for two hours, getting up, driving an hour back and forth to my day job for nine hours and then rinse and repeat. So wow. I was severely sleep deprived. I was neglecting my thyroid and I've had hypoactive thyroid since birth. And by the time I was admitted to the mental hospital, I was uh, suicidal, hallucinating. And I'm, I just want to say I am, um, I'm crazy, but <laughs> in not a mental way. I'm crazy full of ideas. That's how I'll put it. But what really got me was that that lack of self care contributed to me being admitted. And then what happened next is probably what dismays me the most is that the doctors, the psychiatrists didn't ask about my sleep. 
Oh. They didn't look at my, th- well, they, they noticed my thyroid levels. They're, they said, we're surprised you're still alive, but they prescribed Wellbutrin, Prozac, and Ativan. Oh. So, oh. yeah, I mean, oh, that's God. why it's so important that we're aware of what's going on in our own bodies. And that's why I'm so passionate. Listeners, if this is your first episode, please go back all the way to the beginning and listen to episode five. It's why I want you to be sleeping instead of listening to me. Sleep. Seriously, go to sleep. If you if your eyes are crossing, go to sleep. If you can't focus, go to sleep. And I know that the doctor here might have a better recommendation, but sleep deprivation is not something to mess with. You know, I, I will say that is, you know, if I could pick one thing to work with people on, that would be it. And so many folks really don't tend to that. But I would like to make the point, I mean, first of all, acknowledging that was a really awful experience. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Um, I'll start right there. But I will also say that I think that we often wait until we are in a crisis to get the help that we need and wait until we're in crisis to deal with our health and take care of ourselves. And for me, self-care is yes, about sleeping, but it's also about lining our choices up with our values. You know, and I, I think that's such an important piece for people because we, you know, our bodies can get overwhelmed so easily and, you know, not getting sleep is one of those things that can push us over the edge, but it's cumulative, right? So it's part of it is, being able to look at, okay, where am I right now? And where am I experiencing overwhelm, both from a physical perspective, a mental, emotional perspective, a spiritual perspective for people who have that as part of their lives. And the, you know, the taking the time to really look at, well, what do we want? How do we want to feel? And what is working and what isn't working? We can stop that process before we get to a place where we get really sick and whether that's getting really sick with anxiety or and depression because that's what our dispositions are or getting sick with irritable bowel or chronic diarrhea or headaches or muscle tension or joint pain. You know, those things are all about our bodies being overwhelmed with whatever it is that we're going through. And it doesn't have to be that typical overwhelm of I'm working 20 hours, which goodness gracious, please don't, no one do that. (laughs) No one do what Kim did, you know, but it's like when we're driven to do things, especially as entrepreneurs, it's really hard to carve out because it's so important to us and because we love it and because it's satisfying, it's hard to carve out the time to really do what we need to do. But taking the time to do that is, it's imperative. It's the most important thing um, for living a life aligned with our own values. Absolutely. And I have to say that tomorrow's appointment is a preventative, you know, the annual exam. It's not, it's not a sick visit. And this is the first year, I turned 40 this year. This is the first year in the history of my life that I have not gone to the doctor because I was sick. Not mm. wood. We are 10 months into nine full months done with this year. And I have not had to go to the doctor because I was sick. I'm knocking on wood over here. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and But last year I was in complete overwhelm. For the whole entire year. And I was in the ER four times and admitted to the hospital once because they, they thought, I mean, I w- it was a week before my 39th birthday and they thought I was having a heart attack. I was in there for a week because I was showing all the classic symptoms. Mm. Those stress tests are no joke, especially if you're sitting at your desk for 12 hours a day and you're not getting any exercise. It's like, this is embarrassing. I have five kids. I should be able to keep up with this treadmill better than this. Well, I mean, that's part of two. I mean, that's really, really common for folks, right? Like we feel like we don't, I had a, actually had a patient yesterday who, uh, we just, she's been, I've been seeing her for almost 
well, gosh, probably about 17 years, she came to a talk I gave on hormones when we were all babies. And um, she, we, she just got her first uh, high cholesterol reading back. And she's been, you know, slowly, she, she has a hard time taking care of herself because of mental health reasons. And, you know, she said, well, you know, my dad is sick and my sister's sick. I'm even gonna have less time to exercise. And I said, you know, I, I will buy that you are in a position with your mental health that you can't get yourself to exercise, but it's not an issue of time. We all, if we, if we, we all have time to move our bodies. And, you know, I asked her, how much time are you spending, you know, watching TV? She's like, well, I don't watch TV. She's like, I, you know, I said, well, what do you do when you get home from work? She's like, well, I'm on the computer. What are you doing? Well, I'm just, you know, researching things. And, you know, and I go, if, you know, it's okay if you choose not to exercise, right? You're a grown up. you get to do whatever works for you. You get to do the best you can do, whatever that is. And if there's something keeping you from getting there, we need to look at what that is, but it's not time right? We have time to take care of ourselves. And even no matter how busy we are, there's always time because you do what you can when you can. I have a friend who actually wrote a book called that, which I love the name. That's um, an awesome but, title. Yeah, I thought so. You know, but you can fit in. I, you know, I, I took my credit card and I bought a treadmill to put at my desk when I was having back pain and it just slips right under the desk and I stand up and I walk while I'm working. And so that was a huge difference for me. I stretch every single day. You can stretch while you're reading or while you're organizing your to-do list. You can, you know, there's always ways to, you know, when I was, when my kid was little, when he, when I'd be pushing him on the swing, I would push and I would do a squat and I would push him and do a squat and you know how many times you have to push your kids on the swing right like Mm. a thousand (laughs) you know and that was easy when he was you know when he was playing on the climbing structure I did dips or pull-ups and you know it's I was a little embarrassing to do that at the gym you know at the at the gym see (laughs) it's my outdoor gym you know at the park the little kids park but you know there was time and there you can go for put your kid in a stroller and go for a walk you can you know, look at your day and say, all right, where is their space? And what's the priority here? And that's really, you know, for me with, again, to loop back around to the book, kind of one of the things that I do is have people identify very specifically in exercises, what are your core values? How do you want to feel physically? How do you feel emotionally? And then going through this very specific process of, all right, how do we line up our choices with how we want to feel? And there's always, you know, when we really sit down and look at what's most important, we're never, gonna say it's more important for me to you know stay up for 18 hours and get sick like we're just not it doesn't happen but our brains try to trick us based on our own you know history of trauma and feelings of worthiness and pressure from our culture and the society around us and wanting to look a certain way like all of those things will trick us into making choices that really don't serve us and so taking the time to really break it down can help entrepreneurs, but really anyone figure out what it is that is going to be most important and how we can prioritize it. And, you know, I always tell people too, if you, if there's something you want to do for your health or for yourself and you're not doing it, you're not lazy. No one's lazy. I mean, there's a reason for it. And so the question is what's keeping you from getting there and what kind of work do you have to do to get past it? And then and making sure we do that, right? We need to look at, well, what's driving me to make choices that don't serve me. It's always something. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter, Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free, short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at worksmarternotharderchallenge.com. 
Again, you can sign up at worksmarternotharderchallenge.com. I was listening to the radio while I was on Mom Show for Duty last night, and there was a study, and I didn't hear who it was done by, but they were looking at the amount of quality time that parents today are spending with their kids mm-hmm. in America. And the number of minutes, no, I said minutes and not hours, yeah. was alarming. It was 34 minutes a day. But oh. then they look at those same people and they checked out how much time they're spending scrolling on social media, mm. three to four hours. Oh. So what if we just took those three to four hours, took that down to 34 minutes, took two and a half of those hours, gave them to the kids, and the other half hour to an hour, and my math is probably all wrong now, and, and got an exercise <laughs> And you have 170% routine. of your day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But right now, I am actually staring at, because I don't need to be out of breath while I'm recording podcasts, I'm staring, I got a recumbent exercise bike with a laptop stand attached. Nice. That's a great idea, too. Yeah, and it didn't break the bank. Right. And I actually used it as incentive. Okay, we're way past it. But when there's when I don't watch much TV at all, I watch two shows, one of them is done Game of Thrones. But when you know, the Game of Thrones is wrapping up, I told myself you can watch but you ride. If you're in front of it. Yeah, I have a little ellip- uh, standing elliptical trainer that mm-hmm. I, I set up. I actually ended up stopping watching TV pretty much entirely because I, you know, I, my brain was like, I don't want to exercise for another hour. So I'm actually barely watching it all anymore. I'm now reading, but um, a little like $80 elliptical trainer that is at about two feet. I can actually share the link in the show notes if you want. It's like a, you know, a foot maybe 18 inches by two feet. It's tiny and it's under hundred dollars and they're very sturdy and they work great. And, you know, absolutely making yourself, you know, having that kind of trade off for yourself is a great way to keep yourself moving. It's a twofer, right? It's the, what you can't, like, there's no reason not to engage in the twofers. There's just, there's no, there's no reason not to, there's always an opportunity that. Absolutely. And we can keep on making excuses or we can take actions. I mean, I made the excuse that I couldn't join the gym because this is so lame because it would take too much time outside of my house. The, the 24 hour fitness is literally a three hour or yeah, a three hour, a three minute drive. And then right. if I hit the red light between me and it, right. Seriously, Kim, you can't afford a three hour or, oh my gosh, why do I keep on saying that? A three minute drive. Well, I, I think again, that comes back to the psychological thing, right? Like there's something stopping us from doing that because it really is not like we come up, our brain's going to come up with the excuse that we're most, our subconscious is going to be, it's going to come up with the excuse that, that it thinks we're going to listen to the most. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's always something bigger than that. Right. Is it that, um, you know, there, there's always something bigger that keeps us from doing that. And, you know, that's a much longer conversation, but, but when it's really sitting down and, and, and I also would encourage people not to, you know, I think we shame ourselves a lot. Like, well, what's wrong with me? I can't even walk three minutes or drive three minutes, or I can't even like, why can't I just stop eating, you know, ding dongs or whatever your, you know, whatever your hostess item of choice is, you know, but it's, and then giving ourselves a hard time about it. But I almost think that's worse than doing the thing in the first place. Right. So the question is, how do we get out of this kind of shame cycle of judging ourselves for making choices that might not serve us the most? Cause there's always a reason that we do that. Is it that we have made the wrong choice, right? If I say, I'm going to go to the gym 
every day for an hour and then we don't do it and we shame ourselves for it. Well, maybe the problem is it's unreasonable to go for an hour, but maybe the reason is that we feel that we are not worthy of taking care of ourselves or that we feel like someone's going to judge us for taking the time to do that or because, you know, whatever the thing is, right? There's, again, there's always something. And so being able to say that, all right, this is where I'm at and then assess it in this kind of, well, you can't fail at self-care, right? I always say you can't fail at self-care if you want to do something and you're to take care of yourself and you're not, if you want to do something that lines up with your values and you're not, if you're making choices that don't serve you and you're not, you're not failing. You're learning about where your limitations are and then you can make a plan to address them because whatever the limitation is that keeps us from doing that is going to limit us in other ways because ultimately it's like, you know, this same patient, I'll give you the example, had, you know, she's got this high cholesterol. She's also starting to get borderline high blood sugar. And I said, I can give you medication for your cholesterol, but then you're going to end up, if you keep doing what you're doing, you will end up with high blood sugar and hypertension and high blood pressure. And um, the, the process of deciding that we're going to give you medication is fine if that's what you want to do. And you don't really feel prepared to do these other things. That's, that's okay. But understand that we're putting a bandaid on it, right? Like you're putting your finger over a hole and another hole is going to pop up. So looking at, all right, are we using band-aids or are we actually really dealing with the causes of issues? And that's ultimately, I think the best thing you can do for feeling better is understand, you know, what, what it is that, is most important so you can actually address the underlying things that's keeping you from doing those things and accomplishing those things because you know our brains are tricky things they're trying to protect us and sometimes they do that in a way that really actually undermines us instead of protecting us yeah if i heard this about 13 months ago you would have been totally ripping the band-aid off (laughs) 13 months ago i i was I had a serious kidney infection. I've never had a kidney infection mm, before. The so, worst. Yes. I've had them. They're the worst. Oh my gosh. And I had so no idea painful. what to expect. Like I thought, okay, you know, maybe my side will hurt. No, it was like the flu yeah. times four. Yeah. And I was down plus for two stabbed. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the flu times four plus getting stabbed in your back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, I was literally down for two weeks. It takes yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, having twins didn't even put me down for two weeks. Right. Right. Okay. So, but had I been investing in myself and my self care, then that wouldn't have happened. I mean, it may still have, but yeah, but you're in a different, you have more room to deal with it. So the other piece of that is like, so let's say you're investing in your self care and you get a kidney infection. You don't feel, you know, the, the amount you can say, okay, I'm sick. I'm going to go down and it's going to be fine because you don't have so much running that you lose your mind, you know, and your, you know, control of everything in the meantime, mm-hmm. you know, cause sometimes things do happen. But again, I, I do oh, think absolutely. that our, our bodies, when we are taking care of ourselves are going to do a much better job of being healthy. You know, it really, you know, I mean, it depends on the person, the circumstance, sometimes things just happen. But um, I had a, a similar experience last year when I was getting ready for the book launch. We had, um, I went to Europe, I travel a lot, I do that travel hacking thing where I collect airline miles to travel for free. And I took a friend to uh, Barcelona and Paris for two weeks. And I came home and my 12 year old said, where I walked in the kitchen the next morning, he goes, don't open that cabinet. And jokingly, I said, why is there something alive in there? And my husband like got all shifty and I was like, Oh no. And we had rats in our house, which just, I mean, I am not, um, I'm not, I'm not a fan. And so we actually ended up, it was, they were 
uh, you know, there's never just one, right? So we live in Portland, Oregon, and there's, we have a huge rat <clears throat> issue in this part of town. So I ended up moving into an Airbnb for a couple of weeks and I was just a month and a half out for my book launch. And I was in the process of asking for help for people to help me promote the book, which is very hard for me. I'm not, I, I have trouble asking friends for favors, especially, you know, influencer friends who may have, you know, larger followings and I don't want them to feel like I'm, you know, their friend because I want their help. And so my brain goes into this whole spin because I had issues as a kid of getting bullied and, you know, issues socially with whether I, you know, what I was doing to make friends and all that. So it's definitely, it was a lo it's a loaded issue for me, even though my friends are happy to help, period. And I had, you know, nothing to worry about with all of that. If they don't want to help, they'll say no, right? No big deal. <clears throat> but I account for my stress so carefully. One of the things in the book, my book, I, is I, I look at, well, what's in our stress bucket? What are the things that are causing us stress from foods that we're eating to environmental stress to, you know, financial stress and relationship stress? And I, I work on helping people kind of identify what all of those stresses are so we can choose which things, you know, look at what we can change, what we can't change, and then what we choose not to change, right? I'm not going to X, Y, or Z right now because I don't want to. Then we stop, you know, shaming ourselves for not doing those things. <clears throat> so anyway, I'm working on the book launch. We were out of the house, and then my kid was supposed to go away for a week to this um, retreat. They uh, all the kids. It's called outdoor school. All the kids in Portland <clears throat> for a um, for a week go away in sixth grade, and they stay at a camp, like a summer camp, in the middle wow. of the fall or winter, which is super cool. They'd like do science experiments outside, and it's every they do public and private school. It's state funded. So my kid was supposed to leave. We got it, and so we, we were like, all right, we're going to get the house buttoned up so we can move back in. And the, about 10 minutes before we were leaving to drive him to the school, and we had to pack for him. We weren't living in the house. We were living actually in an Airbnb down the street. And so we had him all ready to go, and we get a text saying, you know, these frantic texts that it's canceled, that there's the, the road is closed. And we're like, what the heck? Well, <clears throat> turned out, we thought, well, maybe it's washed out, but it hasn't been raining that much. Turned out that there, this is a totally side story, but turned out there was a, um, uh, they found a body, like a dead body right near where the camp was. And someone, you know, there had been some kind of, it turned out to be a domestic violence issue, but they canceled the thing. So the thing was canceled. I was working on my book uh, launch. We had to move back in the house and I, um, it, what, you know, before it was quite ready to be back and my kid was there, we weren't expecting him. And I, I ended up getting shingles. Have you heard of shingles? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I got shingles and I was down for a month because my overall load was so high and I'm brutal about it. And so sometimes I guess the point is that it just happens and that it gives us an opportunity to say like, you know, not that I did it myself because I was stressed because, you know, I certainly was and I did, but that I didn't account for how hard, you know, I counted for all of the stresses, but sometimes things just happen, right? Like things that you don't expect. Someone leaves you, your pet dies, your, you know, kid can't go to outdoor school because someone, you know, found a body in a ditch or you know, whatever the thing is. But <clears throat> it's, you know, the, the stresses happen and we need to make room for them. So if you do get a kidney infection, you have room to heal. You have resources for your body. You have an opportunity to look and say, okay, what isn't working right now? And so I ended up totally switching gears at that point when I got sick saying, okay, I can't go to the office because I can't, you know, I couldn't put a shirt on. So I had like a stick on bra on a poncho because I couldn't wear a shirt because it hurt too much. You just really shouldn't wear a stick on bra on a poncho to your office. I, think. <laughs> I did once. And then I was like, this is just awkward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so 
you know, as offbeat as I am, that crosses a line. Um, you know, so I think my husband that, would be like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't see it. The poncho was covering me. Right. Was oh no, just, to- yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he would be like, yeah, you can wear that. Stick on oh, bra. I thought you meant he would look if he was my patient. Oh, no, 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 like, no, no. Oh, she's wearing a poncho with a stick on bra. Yeah, right. There is a right. I'm sure there were people who would think that is completely reasonable. But mm-hmm. I just it was too. I, I felt awkward. I felt awkward inside. You know, and also my body needed me to rest. It mm-hmm. was not appropriate for me to be at work when my body was trying to fight off fight off this virus it just wasn't appropriate and I felt like I had the flu I felt terrible and you know I completely revamped again I went actually through all of my own exercises in the book and I said okay what am I missing and what I realized I was missing was how hard it was like the extra stress of asking for help I just decided not to like I decided to hand you know pick a handful of people who I felt comfortable with enough that you know I could have a conversation with them about how uncomfortable it was and then to say all right if people don't want to help it's okay you know, I'm not going to take it personally. You know, this person who said they would help, they're not helping. They still love me. They're just not in a position to do that right now or they choose not to and it's fine. And so that was my issue I had to deal with. You know, it wasn't about the being too busy, which anyone looking at it would have said. It wasn't about that. It's not about being busy. It's about what was going on underneath and what was happening inside and what overall stresses I was having, not about the stress of the book launch and the, you know, the kid being home and the house. You know what I mean? Uh, more than you would know. So I just want to put this out there and listeners, depending on where you live, even here in the States, this might not be legal, but I have been using CBD oil at night for the last two nights. I am sandwiched in between two big events and have my normal client load, which I'm trying to make not normal. Mm. like decrease it yeah. and the new the new normal the new normal yep I'm working on that evolution however I just realized that I I wasn't getting good sleep because my brain was just going 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 I was doing breathing exercises I was journaling I was praying I was doing everything but exercise I wasn't drinking you know and I wasn't I don't do drugs but I was just I realized okay I've got to try I've got to try something. So for the last two nights, I've taken CBD oil and my sleep has been amazing. I know that might not be what you recommend, but. Well, uh, let me say, I mean, I can actually happy to weigh in on that. So CBD can come from two things. It can be made from hemp um, or it can be made from the cannabis plant. And so it's the, the, in many states from the cannabis plant, because it'll have trace amounts of THC in it, it's not legal. Hemp is actually legal everywhere and you can buy it you know, you have to be very careful about brands. There's a lot of multi-level marketing brands for um, CBD oil, and some of them are fine, some of them are not. And everyone says they're great, so take all of that with a grain of salt, please. Um, but it's known to be anti-inflammatory. It's helpful with mood. It's helpful with sleep for many people. Um, you know, I can't. It's it's technically it's it is a bit of a gray line as far as the CBD from you know, a federal perspective, but hemp is, you know, it's grown for fibers. It is totally, it's, you know, you can get it in the supermarket. So it's, um, uh, I actually had a friend who's does marketing for a uh, PR for companies and she contacted me. She's like, you know, these people are making this, like, I can't remember what it was, CBD soda or something that they're selling at the health food store and asked me what I thought about it. And, you know, for some people it's really, you know, sometimes it's very, very helpful. So, you know, I certainly can't make a prescription for anyone on the, you know, on the, on a podcast, but definitely there are people who love using it and have a great benefit from it. And it is, it is legal. So. 
Yeah, it, it the um the effects for me are just so calming. And here in Ohio, medical marijuana has just became legal this year. Um actually just in the past couple of months. However, I am allergic to marijuana. I mm. it makes me paranoid and I can't even Yeah, that's the THC. There's a lot of people who get that. It's really common. Yeah. I'm actually jealous of stoners who get really calm when they smoke because (laughs) I became, I become quite the opposite. I mean, it's really unsettling for me and almost scary just how I, I do feel crazy when I smoke pot. So I won't do it anymore. you're, You're not alone. Yeah. And I didn't even know that was a thing. But the nice thing about CBD for me, at least, is that it doesn't. But I'm not trying to be a proponent for CBD here, but overcoming overwhelm and however you find the way to do it for yourself, listeners, whether with your I mean, when you're dealing with family, when you're dealing with health, mental, your your business, it's your responsibility, in my opinion, to find ways to work through your overwhelm. Yeah. You know, can I weigh in on that for a second? Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I was going to say that I feel like, so I would consider that what, what I call a stress management tactic. So taking CBD or getting a massage or going for a walk or coloring, you know, those things are great. And it's really important to have kind of outside the box stress management tactics. You know, it's, it's imperative to have that. But ultimately the overwhelm piece for me and my patients and my clients and what I recommend is, you know, is yes, having those things where we can deal with a stress when it comes up, because again, life is life and it happens, but more so to really take the time, you know, for you, you're talking about that kind of all of the things on your plate. And I know you well enough now to know how many things you do at once because you love doing that. But ultimately at the buffet. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's amazing. And for so many of us who like that, you know, I don't want to, you know, there's so many memes about like, you know, busy is terrible. I, I don't feel like that, but ultimately we have to be able to vet which things we're doing and which things are most important. Um, and the sleep is your tell, right? Like that's a tell for you. If your sleep isn't good, it's telling you because your brain won't tell you I'm doing too much. Your brain, you know, likes doing a lot, right? Right. Right. So, so the tell for you is my sleep isn't good. So that's the opportunity to then kind of go back around and say, you know, yes, take the CBD to help you sleep, but also all right, something's got to give um, because you need to have room for the unexpected. And when you're filling your, you know, I look at it as a bucket, when you're filling your bucket up with all these really cool things you want to do and all these projects, if you want to be able to do those things, something else has to give. And so, or, and, and we get our tells, whatever your weak spot is, is your tell. Like for me, it's headaches, um, or anxiety and, you know, and sometimes sleep, right? Those are tells for me and I go, Oh, something's not right. And if, if we don't then tend to the underlying issue, that's when you end up with like a kidney infection or shingles or, you know, whatever that thing is, you look back and you're like, Oh, those are my tells. Everyone has their tells. And to be brutal about how we're interacting with, with that and say, Oh, there's my tell. What now, what am I going to do? I can't, you know, I need to shift gears. I need to, I need to assess. Absolutely. And I'm loving all that. And especially because in our first chat, the one that we didn't record, we were talking Hmm. about writing processes and, and I had shared with you about my book, Chronic Idea Disorder, but I'm focusing on not 
coming up with new, well, no, you can't focus on not coming up with new ideas. That doesn't work. But focusing on taking anything that I'm already working on to a hundred and letting everything else just go to the side. So all these like 15 gazillion projects that I had open, it's the first time in my adult life that I've actually not added anything new to my plate. And I'm just letting each one be wrapped up one by one and not putting anything new in to replace it. Right. And it's so freeing feeling. It's but, so freeing. Yep. And and also the clients that just are no longer a good fit, letting them go nicely. Right. Goodbye. Right. And we can do that with projects too, right? This thing that I was really committed or attached to. Now, now the, the trick can be for me trying to figure out, am I bailing on this because it's really not the right thing? Or am I bailing on it because if I bail on it, then I can't have it be something I don't succeed with, right? And because no one likes to not succeed with something. So sometimes we bail on things or have too many things on our plate and say, oh, well, I have so much on my plate, I couldn't focus on that thing. That's why I didn't get off the ground. And so being able to really look at things individually and get clear about, you know, for me, I have this, again, this process with the book of looking at my values and how I want to feel. I'm like, is this project line up with that? If not, even if you're halfway through it, you know, sometimes you really have to wrap something up because you've committed to someone else. But often you can just say, okay, this is not something that's bringing me joy. It's not something that I'm enjoying anymore. It's not something that's likely to have a big enough return to be worth spending my precious time on it. Because our time is precious. We don't have, you know, we have a limited amount of time, big picture. And so what is it that we really want to be doing? Does my life reflect that? And of course, we have responsibilities. You know, you might be like, well, I don't want to spend my time listening to my kid playing a saxophone, which, by the way, I really do not. But, you know, (laughs) it also lines up with my values to be there for him and to encourage him and to, you know, help him with that even, right? Even though it kind of makes me want to jab a fork in my eye socket, you know, Mm -hmm. but the, uh, you know, it, it really is. When those of us, and we see this so often with entrepreneurs, right? Our brains are like, oh, I could do this, I could do that. And then, you know, it ends up, we never, like you said, we don't finish things as as well as we should because it's it's pathological. We pathologically start new things. Um, so, you know, there's finishing and then they're saying, okay, I'm going to not finish because that's not something that's important enough to me. And I'm just going to wrap that up and put it in a drawer. I'm going to take that project and shelve it and then, you know, being able to focus on what we do love. And there's also, I'm also going to say that there's a piece of the beginning makes dopamine, right? Because when we're doing something new and exciting, we make all this dopamine, our brains are really excited. And so that can drag us from thing to thing because after, you know, a certain amount of time, it can turn into a drag, right? The course you're doing or the, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is that we're excited about launching, right? Launching getting it ready to, well, actually, I hate the actual process of launching personally, but, you know, getting it ready to go, the creative part is so stimulating and so fun. And so the question is, well, how do I get that need met without getting myself into too much, right? How do I, how do I actually, um, you know, move forward with that in a way that's healthy? It's, it's complicated, right? We just need clones. Oh, you know, here's the thing. One time I was telling uh, one of my, I had two receptionists and one of them said, you need a clone. And the other one said, if she had a clone, we would, it would be her, what she would say, she it'd be her evil clone. We'd have to lock it up at night in a, in a, in a, in a, like in a garage or something like that, because she didn't want my, um, 
you know, the, the clone can't have all of your good qualities too, right? She was thinking that like, if we have a clone that has all your good qualities, then it's just as ineffective. It's just more things. So we have to have it be like, you know, brutal and ruthless to get the, the finisher, the, the finisher clone. That's such an interesting thought. Because I was thinking, yeah, it would be like a double edged sword to have another me. I right. Want- and I wouldn't want to do that to my husband either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've thought about that too. Like, would my husband love it or hate it? Because oh, two my of husband. me could be a lot to handle, but. It's yeah, one one of me is one of me is a lot to oh handle. I don't think yes. I don't think anyone in my family would like another one. But I mean, truthfully, it's like I don't. <clears throat> I think that we take you know we take ourselves wherever we go, and the when we have when we're really clear about what's most important to us it's so much easier to line up our choices, right? To make sure we're doing the things that we want to do to say, no, this isn't something I want to do to say, no, to say, no, thank you. I, as I, you know, right now I, I, I don't have the bandwidth to add that to my plate because, you know, so often those of us who are really creative and have so many different things we want to want to do, we're also yes people, you know, yes, I want to help you. Yes. I want to, you know, yes, I can come speak at your event. Yes. I can write that for you. Yes. I can, you know, I mean, the, the day I stopped saying, you know, yes, you can pick my brain, you know, was the day was such a huge day for me because I would spend so much time, you know, and I think it's so important to give back, but you only have a certain amount of bandwidth and being able to really be, you know, brutal. Like we have to be brutal about what we say yes to and what we do. And again, I'm going to loop back to the social media thing. You know, I have to be brutal about, no, I'm not going to give half an hour of my time to going down a rabbit hole on Facebook, even if I'm reading something I'm interested in. Right. I mean, I think there are some people who sit and scroll and end up feeling crappy and comparing themselves to other people. And it's really draining and demeaning. And I don't feel like that about social media. I really enjoy the time I spend connecting with people there and what I learn and what I read. And it is expansive for me, but it's still not a great use of my time all the time. And it is made to be addictive. It's made to suck you in. And, um, you know, there's a couple books I read recently. One is called How to Break Up With Your Phone which has a kind of a 30 day plan, which I wasn't into, but it had some really interesting facts and ideas about how to kind of help yourself, you know, kind of separate from that. And then another book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Have you read that? I haven't. Oh, I highly recommend that book. So it's a, it's a book about how, um, uh, how we do everything superficially and we don't ever really focus the way that we need to anymore because of the way that, the world is now designed to distract us and that it's, you know, in like, it's like going, you know, making sure when you're with your kids, you're really focusing on your kids and it's a practice being able to do that and that we can apply it in other areas of our lives too. It's really, it's a great, great book. I actually carry it in my office right on the shelf for people. That's really fascinating to me because I, that's been actually a topic of contention between my husband and I, because I can focus through anything to the point where my now six-year-old, when she was two, cracked open a whole carton of 18 eggs on my kitchen floor, and I didn't even realize what was going on. <laughs> he, on the oh, my gosh. Hand, that must have been so fun for your kid. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, yeah, I go have ahead. pictures and everything. I kind of want to go do that right now. All right. Anyway, your husband. My husband, he's a video game designer, and he, well, he's the manny during the day, too, and all they have to do is say his name from four rooms away and he's immediately distracted and then he can't get back in for 20 minutes Mm. and then they do it again data or like they're out there screaming and beating each other up right now and it's taking him his attention away from what he's doing right in the meantime i have no problem i heard the scream out there i'm like yeah 
Right. But I can stay right here and keep on focusing. Right. Yeah. And everyone's brain is a little bit different, right? And so learning what works for us is also really important and learning where our roadblocks are. These are the things that glitch me up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, perfectionism glitches me up or my mental health, you know, uh, brain chemistry imbalances glitch me up or my need to conform glitches me up or, you know, being really clear. And again, that's another thing that we go through in the book is helping people identify, you know, which things are glitching them up. Because if you're not aware of where your, you know, where your roadblocks are, you're going to keep hitting them. You know, you're going to keep going down the same road and hitting the same roadblock over and over and over and over again. Well, what if you learned that 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 was a, you know, that that road was blocked off and you could either just like step out of your car and move the, you know, move the barrier, or you can just take a different road. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's okay to do that. And it's important to do that. And again, it's this awareness, it's this consciousness, it's this, you know, taking responsibility for ourselves and saying, is what I'm doing working? Do I feel overwhelmed? Is that okay with me? You know, am I, is my health where I want it to be? Is that okay with me? Are my friendships where I want them? Is that okay with me? And just to really be able to take stock and say, is this okay with me? Am I living the life that I really want to be living right now? And again, there are always going to be places where we have circumstance because we don't have privilege, because we are being discriminated against, because we don't have financial resources, because, you know, whatever those things are, because, you know, something, you know, because a truck drove into my living room, you know, whatever the thing is, there are always going to be things like that, that we don't have control over. But there's so much more that we have control over than there are things that we don't have control over. And that's the thing that we need to own, right? If I own that I have much more control over, you know, what my stresses are, over my reactions, over whether I deal with my, you know, trauma from my history, over whether I take on too much, over, you know, all those things. And the more we can pull those things back, the more we can, um, you know, move forward, basically, right? And, and knowing that we have a roadblock of getting distracted by the kids, well, either the parent should not be trying to work at that time, or if they really need to not be distracted, you need noise canceling headphones and let the kids work it out. They're old enough to come in here and get me if they need something. <laughs> if you're right? not bleeding, right? <laughs> That's so horrible. I know, but I've used it more than a few times. Well, you know, for the time that you need to work, it's way better to be like, I'm working from three to six, I'm going to have my headphones on. If it's an emergency, knock on the door. And then from six to nine, I'm going to just hang out with you, yep. which is way better than like half-ass trying to, oops, sorry, oh, um, half, half-butted, <laughs> you know, trying to work, you know, trying to work and take care of the kids from six to nine and giving them no, none of your attention and right. them feeling, you know, then they're going to try more and more and more to distract you rather than like, okay, this is my chunk of time. Like, okay, I'm going to work from three to four. I'm going to set the Pomodoro timer or, you know, whatever. I'm going to yeah. work for this chunk and then I'm going to hang out with you guys. And then I'm going to work for this chunk and then I'm going to hang out. If it's an emergency, somebody's bleeding, there's 18 eggs on the floor, knock on the door. Right. Um, and then that way there's, you know, you're actually not in this position of getting frustrated because you're, you're choosing, you know, if you're choosing to work when you're, you know, trying to work and focus when you know that you get distracted and can't get back to it and you're taking care of your kids at the same time, like that's not a reasonable choice. Right. Um, from my perspective, hopefully your husband doesn't listen to this and oh, no, come after me. No, he, yeah. he completely <laughs> agrees. So he's just decided, you know, I'm not, I'm just not going to focus that time. Right. Yeah. Because it just makes me more frustrated and then the whole house comes down. Yeah. And then he focuses back to the thing. Then he focuses on the kids. And mm-hmm. we, you know, I think that one of the problems with our, you know, I should say one of the problems with our culture, but something we see in our culture so much right now is that we don't have the community. You know, usually you just shoot your kids out the door and they're hanging out with the other kids or they're taking care of the littler kids or, 
you know, this thing where we are home taking care of our kids is unusual. And I think our brains aren't geared for that, which is why we do get distracted on some level. So again, giving ourselves a little bit of grace and understanding that, okay, it's normal to get focused on something and not pay attention to your kids because on no planet was any adult ever focusing 100% on their children for extended periods of time. It just didn't happen. It was impossible. You'd have to work. You know, kids can either help work or they're too little to help work mm-hmm. and they're with other kids. And, you know, it's, I think that thinking about kind of how our brains are naturally wired is really important here too. And again, continuing to give yourself grace, like, okay, what, what, you know, where do I have control and how do I not shame myself for not being perfect or not doing what I think I quote unquote should be doing? Let's actually take that energy and put it toward making a plan to to be in better balance right to make better choices to take care of myself i love all of the above and by the way listeners if this is your first episode again and if this is not your first episode i burn just about every dinner i try to make (laughs) and i give myself that grace my husband loves to cook he can do it should he not be here i will figure something out and i will do my best not to burn it but you know we're not here to be perfect. We're here to be us. Yeah. I would love to ask listeners to please leave a comment, a question, an aha, any of your big thoughts that you've had off of this episode on the show notes page at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP629. And Samantha, you and I haven't even talked about this, but I would love to invite you to go live in a couple days after the show is released with me where we can address those questions. And I would and love it. I would love it, love it, love it. That would be super fun. Awesome. So listeners again, com forward slash PP629. And I'm also going to ask you to come back here again and also to join me and Richie and Ian over on Purposeful Parentpreneurs because I think there's a big community over there who would love to hear all your words of wisdom as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. I had a really good time. Oh, yeah. And I know this is not the last of our talking, so no chance. Love, love every second of it. Where can listeners go to connect with you to get your book to get to know more? Great, thank you so awesome. much. So my website is drsamantha.com, dr samantha with no punctuation dot com, and there's links for the book. There's links for my blog. I have lots of different articles, and then you can find me on social at Dr. Samantha N.D., D-R-S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A-N-D. And I'm, I'm particularly partial to Instagram right now. So hop over to Instagram and follow me and I'll be, um, I'll be trying to get there a little, bit, a little bit more, a little bit less on the other, um, on Twitter and Facebook these days. But, um, you know, there's, there's an ebb and flow of all of it. But please come, come find me. I'd love to see you there and let me know that you listened to the episode. I'd love to hear about it. Awesome. So one more time, I'm going to put it out there. TheKimSutton.com forward slash PP629. Be sure to leave a comment down below the show notes and all the links that we've talked about, all the books that we've talked about, everything will be right there. Samantha, thank you so much again. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can leave with the listeners today? I would, you know, I'm going to just reiterate what I said before, which is that you can't fail at self-care and be kind to yourself because you deserve it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. 